All right, welcome to old school. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to be on uh, camera. That was funny. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, it turns out she is. Yeah. Yeah, we got a new guest on old school who's decidedly not old. Uh, <laughs> that's Josie Mankwitz, uh, daughter of Ben Mankwitz. Yeah. There's some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some quality, uh, she can't stop giggling, look at herself. Some quality parenting today. Yeah. I left her at the, I left her at uh, after school so long that there was not time to get her back home where there's a babysitter, my wife's out of town. Uh, so I just had to bring her here. Uh -huh. No food, no nothing. Uh -huh. So we stopped and we got pizza and now she's just gonna have to sit through old school well past her bedtime. But she is uh, apparently enjoying it. Now there's like, take your daughter to uh, work day, which is, not today, by the way. Uh, and you, know, you tell your daughter you're an engineer. You take your daughter to work, and they they get, they get bored, but they can give them video, video games and all that stuff, right? Uh, because Josie, how old are you? Five and a half. Because they're five and a half, right? Uh, they haven't built a bridge before, although may, they might have built a Lego bridge. Um, so you, when you take them to work, they're on air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. They're right there. Okay. So this ought to be an interesting old school. And I and this is the one day I wore a kid inappropriate t-shirt from shoptyt.com. Well, if things get Joe, things get super grown up. I'm just going to give you the iPad, and Craig is going to get you a pair of uh, big headphones, and you're going to go sit right over there and watch the iPad. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, you remember we used to say on the show uh, earmuff the kids. That's right, sure. From right? from uh, from from old, old school. school. From old school. Yeah, right, that's right. 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 Yeah, from old school. And uh, and uh, it, uh, we might literally earmuff the kids tonight. Uh, uh, members can see this live, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. So members are watching it live right now. Everything else is super complicated. Yeah. <laughs> For, no, first half half hour is also on YouTube. Uh, the first hour is on the podcast. The full hour and a half is on members. So tyt.com slash jank to join. Except I, uh, to become a member, no, tyt.com slash Ben, like it's a thing, I guess. Is it yeah, no, it's yet? a thing. You're on the board, by I'm the way. I'm on the board, yeah. Yeah, yeah. somebody signed up for through you. And uh, you see, your claim to fame right now is you have the highest percentage of people who have signed up as activists. Mm. So the uh, membership is either $4.99, that's insider, okay, because you have to put fun names on it. And activists is ten dollars. Mm. Okay, so they get extra perks. There are more yeah. town halls, uh, for their first tickets, etc. But also, it's you know help home or progressives, yeah. independent media, etc. Uh, you have the highest percentage of people who are activists, the ten dollars members. Because I have like two of my three or whatever. Or uh, wrong. One, one of, of my, your one. One of my one. <laughs> yeah, you're on, batting hundred percent. So, tyt.com uh, uh, slash Ben for the children. <laughs> you might even pass Anna at that rate. <laughs> oh, thanks for helping, Joe. You helped today. <laughs> so, and since some of it is a podcast, um, I'm going to vote for tyt.com slash Ben instead of Jenk because you won't be able to spell Jenk. Mm, so, no, that's right. Um, mm. Oh, okay. Uh, the cavalry has arrived in the form of colored pencils. Okay. And some paper. Go nuts. Okay. All right. So uh, today is Kids Day at the Young Turks accidentally because I was interviewing Ryan Grimm at Rebel Headquarters <laughs> and his daughter Sydney came on uh, onto the Skype and uh, almost the exact uh, situation here. 
Remember that guy, that kid who came onto the Skype during that interview? Yeah, and I referenced it yeah. when he did that. I was like, do we pull a BBC or do we acknowledge that your kid's in the <laughs> Yeah, that was really great. <laughs> shot. Uh, so my mood today, the day as we tape this, the day after the midterms, has sort of improved throughout the day. But I was, huh, I was fairly despondent last night. Oh, that's also interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I, interested by both things you've said. I found Florida to be a, a, a gut punch to which I was unable to really suitably recover. Mm -hmm. Our experience doing the show yesterday, and we focused on those four races in Virginia, the second, the fifth, the seventh, and the tenth, and, and thinking that that was a harbinger. And it kind of was, but it took so long for the results to come out in two and seven mm -hmm. that it, it like didn't feel like it told us anything because by then we were so down about Florida. As it turned out, it, it was sort of indicative of how things went yeah. in the House. But by the time we found out, it was no longer harbinging. It was the harbinging part had ceased. Yes. It had ceased to harbinge. We had a good harbinge as it turned out, but we didn't know it at the <laughs> we time. Didn't, we didn't know it, which is the whole point. Of a harbinge. <laughs> of a harbinge, yeah. Yes, that's right. Hmm. Uh, so uh, I was disconsolate, uh, which reminds me of that great story about soccer, which I'll tell again. <laughs> um, the uh, But, uh, you know, and I talked to people, I talked to people who I knew would feel similarly. I called our friend Charlie, and I knew he would feel exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and he did. Uh, that it just, it seemed like the desire to get an A plus, or at least an A, is so overwhelming with this guy. And, and obviously in his behavior today, Trump's behavior today is indicative of why, but we don't need, everybody knows why. Um, and we got a B. You cannot call last night better than a B. I had people argue for the B plus, but I don't think it was a B plus. That's, yeah, no, it is definitively a B. It's an 85. Yeah. And it's it, the most B yeah. there is. See, I was leaning towards a, a, a B minus. I was like, it's either a B or a B minus. Yeah. It, so yeah. I'd come in at 84. Yeah, but right, well, I'll, I'll accept an 84. I'd even accept an 83, the lowest B. Yeah. Um, no, no, we got a deal at 84. It was right. an 84 last night. Yeah, it's an 84. And, uh, uh, God, that felt good to at least have a deal. <laughs> um, and they say that we're not in favor of bipartisan compromise. Right, that's right. Okay. Uh, in fact, I just wrote a tweet right before the show, an angry tweet, uh, about how Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer better not compromise. Okay. No, they're, they're eager to reach out. And what? To what? To what, what, to what are you reaching out for? What are you like? To, yeah. Like, okay, I, I don't know. Even with like Cheney, who was a monster. Like you could have had a conversation and like, hey, I I give you more death and destruction, and you give me, uh, you know, increased social security, whatever. Like you're having a rational conversation, even if you think Trump's going to do infrastructure, he's not going to do it your way. He's going to give it to all his cronies, and he's not going to be remotely reasonable. You're going to be talking two totally different languages. A deal would be utterly impossible. You'll he'll humiliate you. You'll humiliate yourself. And so what's the point? What are you yeah, doing? Why don't you just take this as an opportunity to defend democracy, right? Yeah. We're gonna stand up for a free press, we're gonna stand up for health care, we're gonna fight to get everything that you had in Obamacare back, and then we're gonna fix the stuff that we should have fixed in the first place, make it better as we go on the road toward Medicare for all. This mm -hmm. leadership is not gonna go for that in the Senate or the, or the White House, but we are gonna fight for it every step of the way. And every time Donald Trump nominates a conservative justice, we're gonna request another tax return. Uh -huh. You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. whatever, it's pick yep. something, you know, but yep. instead, uh, and if they want to uh, make a deal on healthcare, great. 
but they have shown no indication of it. But they, I, well, there's no deal on healthcare. Right. We want Medicare for all. They want it to take away coverage for pre-existing conditions. Where's the deal? But right. what are you what are you talking about? Even if you don't want Medicare for all, and you're Nancy Pelosi and you want a public option, what deal? What are you talking? He's not going to make that deal. Right. You're not going to get a public. <laughs> like I'm saying you could say we're going to go. We're going to start with a public option. We're going to fix Obamacare. But they can't. They will never. It's impossible. You remember? That's why none of them voted for it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, that obviously was distressing, but she's a good fundraiser and people love that. People love oh, that. Oh yeah, the, the people on the heartland, they're like, ooh, if we could only have a great fundraiser as our leader. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, and her speech was inspiring um, today. It was really, I was moved by it. Um, and I like Nancy Pelosi, like I, I don't, I get it. There's a, there was a time for her type of, of, of leadership, right? Uh, but it is not now no. in any way. I mean, it's amazing. So I was going to say 90s. Anna today on the show said 80s or 70s. Like, they're stuck in a time warp. Who do you think you're dealing with, Bob Dole? Right, that's right. Like, like you think you're going to get, get, hey, you know, we're going to do some, you know, we're going to say wife swapping. You're a weird guy to do wife swapping with. Well, I think any wife swapping in Washington would be problematic or really anywhere else. Okay, but it's up to you. We're libs. Uh, anyway. Well, I'm like, you, you're gonna swap, I assume she doesn't understand what that means. Okay, <laughs> what are you, we're gonna swap like, oh, you're gonna give me more pork barrel projects in Iowa and in return, I'm going to get something in Connecticut. Even if it's not, you, even you, if it's not sinister like that, even if it's legitimate, of which there no, was no, a lot. No, no, I didn't mean it, it yeah. as sinister. But I mean, like that was old school politics, and there was logic in it. You were going to build a road in Alaska, and I was going to build a library in Rhode but, Island. But I'm saying, right? even if it's like, okay, we'll agree to slightly more defense spending, but then you are going to need to shore up a food stamp, a food stamp program, and then yeah. right, you know, like there was. Yeah, I mean, look, I. I would not. I just every single thing. I would be like, no, because the minute you said uh, increased defense spending, what are we mental? Why I, know, would, I, know? I was saying that's what went on know, in 1984. Yeah, when you could argue at least that there wasn't a. Well, I mean, I guess you know, at least there was a, a, a an a, an undoubted enemy who was increasing defense spending, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. I mean, you know, as we look back on that, that we can learn very. Well. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> It's very nice. It's very she, nice. She's giving you notes on the show. Yeah. yeah. Um. She's like, maybe we do compromise. <laughs> just, just, and she's. I like the way she slid it in too, like this. Here, come to me. It says, "Daddy, Tip O'Neill and Reagan." It says here. She's all right. Maybe we compromise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, this done there again. It's all about the media and Democrats recognizing what they're dealing with here. And I don't have a an answer. I don't know, but I know that the. That you, you said it perfect. It cannot get said any better than who do you think you're dealing with, Bob Dole? Like, yeah, like, yeah that's because that's what they think. They were dealing with Bob Dole, yeah. and Bob Dole was tough, right? You yeah. know, this yeah. is a different. This is a different world. I'm curious. I know I'm going to be disappointed. I'm not, not going to be disappointed because I'm a little curious uh, how Senator Mitt Romney behaves. Oh right, I forgot he's a total, senator. Total, now. Of course, everybody forgot. Oh, right. That's so funny, slash disastrous, slash, I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, he's not, it would hard to be, it wouldn't have to do much to be better than Orrin Hatch. Yeah, I mean, uh, super low bar. Right, but my hunch is, right. he, my hunch is he equals it. Yeah, you know, yeah I mean, the, he's just gonna do whatever he thinks is to his political mm -hmm. advantage, and he will think that being massively right-wing is to his political advantage. He'll, he'll be a little bit softer on immigration, because Utah is softer on immigration. But what if, what if he thought, 
I'm going to get in the Senate, and then I'm going to screw that guy. That's a bad guy, and I'm going to hurt him. Well, that'd be great. That but would it, be great. But yeah, and, and I wouldn't put it past him because, you know, he, he's a spiteful dude. Right, right? right sure. And he carries grudges. I can tell. <laughs> he's got grudges, right? Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. But I would be surprised because... It's not about Trump. It's about his own political career. He cares about his own political career more than he cares about right. Trump. So, but let's see. He's not a young man, so he looks great. But you know, but I mean, imagine yeah. if you thought, look, worst case scenario, I spend six years as the Republican who attempted to save the, the Republican Party. There's a good chance that I win again anyway in Utah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Challenge no, me. I, I still know. might. I still might. No, no, no. He doesn't care about the Senate seat at all. Right. No, he cares about running for president again. So he will do everything in his power to position himself for uh, president. Well, maybe, and maybe that is by being the Republican thorn in Trump's side. It's possible. I mean, yeah, I, it I, is. I, but, I with, like, but we always do wishful thinking like that. No, and they no, never I, do. I got it. It's 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 been right so far with no one. That's right. With no no one in power. It's been right with plenty of people out of power. You know, former McCain aides. Mm -hmm. Many of them have been great. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the only exception you could say is. McCain on the healthcare vote. Yeah, right. Right. Mm -hmm. That was like the only time a Republican actually walked a walk rather than talked to talk. Right. Mm -hmm. When he came in with the legendary. Right. Uh, uh, right. Jeff Flake took the first step. Yeah. And then and then ran back. And then ran, ran back the other now way. Now that is yeah. Republican one hundred and one. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, so no, but let's keep talking about tomorrow. I mean, yesterday because it's yeah. super interesting. So you know, and then I knew that analytically, what's do we have a number? We don't know yet what the final thirty-seven. Uh, no, no, it's right now. It's a tw tw or before I went on air, uh, it was at twenty-seven. Uh, but I, I analyzed it. There's seventeen uh, that are uh, that are still tight. They're likely to finish at thirty-three to thirty-five. They're currently leading in. I saw. I thought I saw. I saw a five thirty-eight prediction at thirty-six. So uh, uh -huh. I know but, last night you mentioned 34 on 538. Or yeah, they, they 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 were they were you know it was moving as the night uh, as the night. Yeah, went so on. it's constantly moving. it's constantly moving as yeah. they as they declare. So if it's at 36, I mean I really should take a bit of a victory lap. I I, I think I was literally the closest at 38. I saw something on Twitter today that, that suggested it might end up at uh, at 37, but whatever. So uh -huh. let's say 35, right? Okay, let's, let's pick a number at uh, uh, at 35. Uh, there's a, here's a forecast here that left over from last night at 34 on 538, but it has not been uh, was from last night. Um, so you know, I knew analytically, especially given where Democrats did well, although that is also full of some peril for the future, uh, because doing well in suburbs and converting some Trump voters will unquestionably fuel the narrative that oh well then let's that that's how we win is going after mm -hmm, those voters, mm -hmm. which is not going to be with a a progressive message for those touting that strategy, uh, but that strategy worked. It worked here. If um, so, uh, but I knew that there were good signs that there were areas won back which can be won for Democrats again. Like, you know that, and it seems most likely that, that Pennsylvania. There's a good chance Pennsylvania that was a one shot deal for the Republicans. Yeah, that right? they're not going to win Pennsylvania and, Pennsylvania and Michigan. Right, Wisconsin mm -hmm. a little trickier, but you know the fact is, although it it was. Uh, I love you, Daddy. Love Joe. Well, that's nothing, very nothing, pleasant. Nothing that's wrong a, with that. Yeah, on a on a some, for, on an eighty four day, that that brings it up to an eighty seven. This is for me or for Jake? Okay, <laughs> apparently it's for me. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, you know, so in the details was good news and winning. It was not a minor win for the House. It wasn't a blue wave, but it was not a little wave. Like you could body surf. 
you know, right? <laughs> so Ryan Grimm made a great point today. Uh, he said the 2006 thumping that George Bush got, as he as Bush described it, was 32. Right, right. So, so it was actually, and that was, everybody remembers that as like, whoa, that was a huge uh, election, big swing in favor of the Democrats. So, I mean, it's a little bit about expectations here. So they're going to go- 2002 or 2006? Six, I believe. Yeah, because two, Bush averted catastrophe. That's where he, yeah. you know, that's where he did what a lot of, what Trump did, which was went out, scared people, right, mm -hmm. post 9-11. That's where they, Max Cleland, you know, yeah. suggested that Max Cleland- lost three limbs, was working with terrorists. Yeah, God, you know, you forget how monstrous Bush and Cheney were from time to time. Yeah, but you know, you were right about Cheney because Cheney cared about one thing, which was going to war. Like, yeah. you know, if you'd said to Cheney, all right, we're gonna give you authorization to go to work in Iran, he would have been like, let's, uh, what does it cost to save social security for 200 years, we'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's right, like, done. I know, it's like social security. Gay marriage. Uh, right. Public option. Right. And a trillion for infrastructure. Right. We got a deal. We got a deal. Great. Right. Yeah. It's like, I can't give you Medicare for all, but I'll give you a public option. Yeah. And you'll so, get it down the road. Of course you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. You're on your yeah. way. You're yeah. on your way. Yeah, right. Now, how many people do I get to kill in Iran? <laughs> <laughs> See, now that was a guy you could negotiate with. <laughs> you could make that deal. Yeah. And it's a good deal, as long as you, you know, weren't in Iran. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, isn't that amazing? Because, uh, and people get emotional about this. So if, if you're a right winger, prepare to get triggered. Um, I gave you a trigger warning, to be fair, okay? Uh, so I remember the legendary uh, line that Cheney has said about Iran. Iran, after we invaded Iraq, they actually, we actually did scare them a little bit. And they came to the negotiating table and offered us a lot. They were gonna stop uh, funding Hezbollah and Hamas, I believe, was part of the deal. And so that's an amazing deal that they should have definitely taken, or at least had the conversation for sure. And Cheney said, we don't negotiate with evil. Now. Uh, that's because he wanted to invade Iran, and he didn't want a good deal. He didn't want any deal. Um, and so, but today, uh, I <laughs> sent the tweet out about what is what are Schumer and Pelosi going to do? Meet evil halfway? <laughs> <laughs> and but but the reason I tell you that is like you, that's you can say, see, Jenk, you're pulling a Cheney. That's not right. You should bipartisan compromise it, right? No, the the reality is that that Trump is more unreasonable than the Ayatollahs. Because the Ayatollahs are businessmen, uh, they're corrupt uh, leaders of a foreign regime, and they have their best interests in mind, and their, you know, their lackeys, and their version of plutocracy, and their version of their army, and, and, and a little bit their people, right? A tiny mm -hmm. bit their people, and they're gonna make rational decisions to get to the outcome that they want. Trump is not going to make rational decisions. Trump is just gonna to try to crush you. Every word he gives you will be completely unreliable. He'll, he won't do any of the deals he says he'll do. There's just, like his irrationality is, and unreliability is so much higher than any Ayatollah, almost, right? Yeah. That it's, like, it's, even if you thought it was a good idea, it's ephemeral, it's not real, it's, it's, you know, uh, like, do you remember when the Democrats uh, went and got Trump to say something that was really positive for the Democrats? It was kind of early on. It was yeah, it was a, Schumer and Pelosi did it. Yeah, yeah. Schumer yeah. and Pelosi, and he agreed to a deal that that made no like that was really fairly uh, uh, pretty much on the side of the Democrats and the Republicans' leadership. were like, what? What did you agree to? Oh no, don't do that, right? 
and Pelosi and Schumer were grinning ear to ear, and they were so happy. And I was like, "Oh, you still don't get this guy? Yeah, he's not going to do that deal. He no, just, they don't. Right? No, like he just told you that on that day because you were in the room, and he doesn't know any better. And he thought he was making a deal, and he doesn't know any of the details. And he's a pathological liar. He's going to turn around the very next day, and of course he did, right?" Yeah, he. They, everyone, we don't know how to deal with him, and and we don't know how. To, and, and it's not just calling him a liar. Like there's this demand that we call lies, lies, and I'm for calling lies, lies. But I don't know that that will. That's important on principle. I don't know that that is going to have a terribly. That's uh, going to have an effect. That's going to turn people against Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, the his they have so because the people who are going to be doing it are the media, mm-hmm. and he's already, he's already has you disbelieving them. So, uh, again, I don't know what the tactic you're supposed to take with him is. I, yeah. know, I know that we're now counting the campaign three and a half years into not knowing, but I don't know what it is. It's, I mean, you'll have, I know you'll be more confident in an answer. Uh, and, and That's you, right, I will be. <laughs> Whatever the answer is, I will be more confident. No, but I mean, but your answer will be to take him on headstrong and be meet strength with strength. Oh, you're correct, that is um, I don't know that that will work in part because one thing that we have long, not so much disagreed on, because I think I don't think you think I'm wrong, but like only strong people can be strong. And people who aren't strong, who try to be strong, should not try. Yeah, uh, I hear you, yeah, yeah it's, so, and they're not. And, 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 and you can't, be. and you can't just have strong people, you can't just say, oh, you're not strong, therefore you're not allowed to be in government. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who's, that's not a, Strength is not their strength who have a ton to offer. Yeah, and so I'm gonna needlessly clarify one thing. So for the conservatives that are triggered about the Ayatollah comment, I'm not saying that the, uh, Trump is more evil than the Ayatollahs. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm saying he, he's more unpredictable, he's irrational. Uh, he's like, people have said it before, it's like nailing uh, jello to a wall. Like there's, he's not gonna keep his word, you're having a useless conversation with him. Because right. uh, you'll walk out of the room and he'll change his mind, or he was lying, or he doesn't even think he was lying. Like he doesn't know what he's saying. You, you you wouldn't think that it would be a challenge, but it is proven to be a challenge. The key to defeating Trump is to outsmart him, and people are having <laughs> trouble outsmarting him at this, which is know, what, which is that, it what, is unbelievable. Man, right? Man, that is that. Yeah. If, if if ever we have insulted Washington, <laughs> right. that was it right there. Okay. Yeah. The, the good folks in Washington are having trouble outsmarting Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, his unpredictability has made I'm reminded of the wonderful uh, Sidney Pollack film that I love, that you know I love, Three Days of the Condor. Mm-hmm. And when Max von Sydow is trying to kill Robert Redford, Joe Turner in the movie, he at some point, I don't remember what's the conversation with Turner or, or with Redford or with someone else, that he, he points out that he was unable to find him because he is an amateur mm-hmm. and therefore he was unpredictable. Oh yeah, yeah, well, right. if you've ever played poker, that's exactly uh, right. You know, you know, if you play poker with an amateur, you you got to change your game entirely because, like, you'll bluff and they don't know it's a bluff. Yeah, They're right. like, "What do you mean? I had a seven and a nine, <laughs> so I, I I called." Right, and you were like, right. like you were no, bl- and you were bluffing with a seven and an eight. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 you were supposed to fold because a seven and a nine is not a thing. Right, right. And I knew you had nothing. <laughs> I right. knew you had a seven and a nine. Right. You're like, aha. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so all this is mine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's how he did. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you learn anything from old school, it's don't bluff an amateur. <laughs> don't bluff an amateur. Right. Um, so uh, let me tell you my uh, take on the election. Uh, uh, so 
to end it. By the way, 37 right now is what the prediction is. For Man, I, I really. That, you said 38, right? I said 38. Yeah, so obviously if it's 30, if it's, it could be 38, um, but 37 is the most uh, uh, likely. Uh, by the way, they only give, uh, right now they're giving a McSally a 67% chance of winning. That's it? Yeah, right. So oh, I mean, I'm like, okay, great. great. All right, I'll all of a sudden we're in the ballgame. I'll take that, and then we could actually only lose two seats. I remember uh, somebody else had a 67% chance of winning. Yeah. Her name was Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and of course, it won't work, but McSally will win. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Like in that Virginia, when they were deciding who was going to control the assembly, I think, in Virginia, and they drew straws because it was an absolute tie. Right? Yeah, that's right. Or like, well, everybody knows the Republicans yeah. going to win. Oh, Let's move on with our Hey, hey, look, the Republican won. And I've been following today, the, but I also, some of my optimism today was restored because I thought there was enough question in Georgia that that that, would, that the vote would end up probably below 50. But that, that seems unlikely now. That Stacey yeah, I never had any hope on that, to be honest. And I never had any hope that Kemp could be sued into being reasonable. Yeah. yeah you right. know, I mean, I think, like, that was, you know, I don't know if stolen is the right word. Whatever, right? That, that. He rigged the hell out of that, and he, he, she had to beat him by four or five points to win that thing. Yeah, and so it was totally unfair. But you know, but that that unfairness cannot be addressed in hindsight. It had to be addressed earlier, mm -hmm. right? You can't let them run that election. Uh, I mean, they should have sued the bejesus out of him a year and a half ago. It's it's insane that they let him run his own election. Yeah, so I mean, and and by the way, guys, look. So you didn't. We didn't know how bad Kemp was because we don't live in Georgia until. You know, as the near the end of the election, we as in people covering it, uh, us specifically, et cetera. That's but, why we wanted Ted Cruz to lose more than Brian Kemp, because I none of us knew Brian Kemp. We knew from those crazy ads. The other yeah. guy's ads were just yeah. as crazy. Yeah, you know, and yep. so we were like Ted Cruz. We knew to hate. Now I know to hate Brian Kemp. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and uh, and so, uh, but the people in Georgia, the Democrats in Georgia. The dude said that Obama's uh, government had uh, tried to tap into the elections in Georgia in 2016, had tried to like rig the elections. That, that, I mean, if that is not a political calculation, the guy belongs in an insane asylum. If it is a political calculation, that guy will do anything, right? So that. When he said, yeah, I'm gonna stay as Secretary of State running my own election for governor, you sue him immediately and go, no, and bring him to court and you bring the evidence. This lunatic thought Obama had rigged the elections in Georgia in 2016. By the way, they bothered to investigate, and of course Obama had not done no such thing. Once again, <laughs> right? the, the things they accuse us of, we lost Georgia. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, so, no, he that should have never been allowed to stand. But that's the thing with Democrats; they allow things to stand that should have never been allowed. It's the to same stand. because the concept is the same. We talked about it last night. We had that really interesting conversation with Brooke um, here, you know, in the nine o'clock hour, I think, uh, last night. Just that, like, you know, the, the how the media is taught to deal with lies is to is to you know they print it and they'll some the Washington Post has come up with this thing where they get to call a lie, you know, the lie, chart the lies, the lie meter, but. Democrats also like like he makes up he made it up, right? And then we don't quite know how we're supposed to respond to it, right? Yeah. They, they they take it like well you said that this had happened. It just no, and that's because they live in the 1990s and they think they're dealing with uh, uh, Bob Dole and all that stuff. Uh, so here's how they should have dealt with Kemp back in the day. They should have said uh, this guy's a lunatic, conspiracy theorist. He should be removed from office and at a bare minimum. 
sued to make sure that he does not run the elections. But Democrats don't roll that way. They, well, I mean, well, we were talking to Kemp and we were negotiating with him, but he decided not to negotiate. He decided that he would just do whatever he wants, so we surrendered, right? And then when you surrender, and then your candidate a year and a half later loses by about two points, and in a race where she might have actually won by two points, oops. Well, what are you going to do? Oh, there's no paper trail, by the way. Well, that's why you should have done something about it a year and a half ago. So they're maddening. Um, Sorry. Okay. You got to watch this. There we go. Okay. We're earmuffing the kids. Yeah. There you go. Put that like that. We're literally earmuffing the kids. Okay. Too loud or good? All right. Fantastic. There we go. Underway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was it the wife swapping? Is that what it was? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> kids don't know that, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, look, I'll tell you the parts of the election that um, both uh, bothered me and were great. Okay, so uh, I didn't notice till still late because I had kind of assumed that he was going to win, and I looked around and I was like, oh no, Richard Cordray lost. Right. Yeah. That, I did. Jesus, I, why did he home. lose? Right. I was yeah. like, I, I heard him say Mike Dewine won, and I for a second thought. I wonder if that guy's Mike Mike DeWine's brother. You know, like I thought. And I thought. I thought, oh, Mike DeWine's brother is running for a house seat in Idaho. No, that's right. really funny because I heard Mike DeWine won and I thought, was he running for some other office? Right, right. right. Like, Secretary of State. I couldn't right. believe that Richard Cordray had lost. Right. And of course, I knew he was running against Mike DeWine. It just, that's how we're at. It was so, such a, again, yeah. this moment of where we're that far out of touch. Yeah, I think we've lost Ohio, by the way. I mean, I mean, as much as we were going to regain Pennsylvania, Michigan, and I believe Wisconsin, uh, no, Ohio's gone. Well, but again, it, it, yes, it, it may be, and Florida may be too. And Florida is definitely a red state. It's not, I mean, it is not fully red, and it's obviously winnable. If you lose by one point, it's mm-hmm. winnable. But it, it, elect national offices in Florida, Republicans are dominating them, right? Yeah, I got it. Look, it's, it wasn't a political trick. It was really uh, because it's the right thing to do, and it's freedom, and uh, what the country stands for, et cetera. Uh, but if you're doing a real political analysis of those 1.4 million uh, votes, uh, people who will be able to vote in Florida now because of the ballot measure, where the felons who mm-hmm. can and, uh, that have regained their freedom can vote, uh, Florida is back in play. I hope so. I mean, we don't yeah. really know who those people are. We don't, and yeah. of course, uh, a lot of them are white. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so no, a lot of them will uh, vote Republican. Of course, this is not a. Right. What do you think? All felons are Democrats, and you don't know what they were arrested for. Yeah. And 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 there's a most of them crisis. Won't, most of them won't vote. Right. You know. Yeah. They're they're felons. Okay. <laughs> uh, and you know, and there's right. a billion uh, assumptions both ways on that and stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I if you ask me to guess, my guess is that they would vote uh, more yeah, likely well, to vote we, Democratic, and I'll tell you why. Um, Thank goodness. Oh, okay. Wow, that YouTube. Bye bye. That went quite quick. I guess I'll tell the other guys <laughs> why. Yeah. Um, so, um, because uh, they have lived life a little bit. If you remember, uh, the Duke Cunningham got out of prison, and this happens all the time to Republicans or and CEOs. Like they go to prison, they come out. They're like, "Did you know how bad prison is?" <laughs> but that's like crazy. We do that to people. We put them in, and then like, and then it, it you have no freedom. Yeah, like you every, can't even go get a steak every night. They lock the door to your room. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and they come out like so-called reformed, and it takes a little while. Duke Cunningham came out reformed. No, he, they say that stuff until it takes him a couple more years to go back to being a dick. <laughs> and so she's earmuffed. It's okay. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, uh, so they the even if you went to prison as a Republican when you come out, my guess is that for a sizable percentage of you uh, that that you'll have developed some degree of empathy, right? And and realize, oh, there is the man, right? Does that? Putting kidding aside, nothing to do with race. Like, yeah, power crushes things in front of it, uh, and so I think that that creates people who are more empathetic and more likely to vote uh, Democratic. But uh, anyway, so no, and Florida, come on, they lost by a point. No, no, no it's definitely a play, and all uh, a lot I'm of Puerto Ricans went play, there. But it is a, yeah. it is a, it is. We have more work to do than Republicans do to win in Florida. Yeah, but Ohio's. But, but on the other but, hand, so this is going to get into the biggest thing. But Sherrod Brown, that's what Michael Schwartz was. Point I just wanted to make that that he it's still that still it it hurts his brain and it it it's, it's reflects well on him that it does that still you have an election day and there are people who voted for Sherrod Brown and Mike Dewine. Yeah, and then two thousand the example he always uses Al Gore won Pennsylvania. And Rick Santorum was elected to the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. And not just note the irony of, hey, Sherrod Brown's very progressive, and Ohio just made him senator on the same day that they made Mike DeWine, who's very conservative, uh, governor. And it's and guys, it is not an active decision. It's not that like, hey, you know what? I believe the correct no. balance of power no. is to have someone slightly more conservative in the governor position because they're in the executive uh, role there, <laughs> and I believe the Senate should go be balanced out by a progressive. No, none of that, none of that. <laughs> so, uh, so, and look, I think I solved it because this it was driving me crazy. Like you had consternation, or and then it got better. I had consternation at not the results. But at the mystery, okay, and I think that I'm pretty close to solving it. So, and it's going to touch on the shared brown and DeWine in a second. But so my, because there was great parts of the night. Um, Chris Kovac lost, uh, and and Scott Walker lost, and we picked up you know 37 seats, etc. Right. So in a gerrymandered world, and I'll tell you the most heartening part of the night was Kovac losing. It gave me tremendous peace of mind, not just because of Kobach, but because I was like, oh, whew, I was actually worried that they were, there was some percentage chance, there was an 11% chance they were rigging the elections. Right, that's right. And if anybody was gonna rig an election, the it two was. candidates are clearly Kobach and Kemp, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Kobach obviously did not rig his election because he lost. And I was like, oh, thank God they're not rigged. Oh, thank God they're not rigged, right? I mean, I had Kobach at significant power ranking number one to rig an election. So that gave me more confidence in democracy in the rest of the elections, not just about Kansas. So I felt, and it made me feel good that I could dismiss the 11% conspiracy theory. But in my I mean, head. that's an example of, of how, how horrible things have gotten, though. I mean, that you, that, yeah. that counts as a victory. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're, I don't you, trust them set, at all. You've set the bar very low, yeah. understandably. But. Yeah. So, but. Uh, you know the the Brown DeWine thing happens in a lot of elections, like your point about 2000. But what I could I couldn't wrap my head around is two parts, and I explained at the top of the Young Turk show today. One is you win the House convincingly, you lose the Senate convincingly, 
That's super weird, okay? And then you, the establishment Democrats got routed, in, especially in the Senate, but the progressive Democrats also lost. Yeah. Right? So, like, so James Thompson lost, Cara Eastman lost, Katie Porter lost. I was really surprised by that. She lost by four in California. I thought for sure she was yeah, gonna win. Yeah, I thought she'd win too. Right. So, I'm like, what? That, the rules of the universe seem to have been suspended. I'm confused, well, right? Yeah. So, my, I, I think this is how I put it together. First of all, I noticed that the progressives lost by significantly lower margins. There was exceptions, like Randy Bryce. Randy Bryce lost by 13. What? How did he lose by 13? That's crazy. He needed to run against Paul Ryan. I mean, he still might have lost, but I think that was that was. Yeah, sort of what I that guess. Was I guess on. they were tied to Paul Ryan, and that's why Bryce mm -hmm. was polling so well against them. Yeah. And they just wanted a just a generic Republican because it's still a Republican district. I guess. Anyway. But but most of the progressives, Porter, Eastman, they actually did great in red districts and lost by four. When you th okay, when you let that settle in, you go, oh, actually that does make sense. They just didn't quite have enough to get over the hump, etc. Whereas Donnelly and McCaskill way underperformed in the polling, right? And Bredesen uh, and Bredesen, thank you. I kept forgetting yeah. Bredesen and uh, and and. It, Hyde Camp and all they all underperformed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, she actually Hyde Camp sort of performed. Yeah, that's right. She yeah. actually wound up exactly where the polling was. That's right. But still lost by. 10. Yeah, and Tester seems like he pulled it out, and and it's because uh, it's, I, my theory is because he runs against corruption. That's smart. Yeah, and right. He that's a, his number one issue. He has a he, you know there's a you know you, we we talk about this a lot. There's a. Tester has a little political magic. Like he's yeah, a, Tester's a, you know why? Because he's a little bit of a populist. That's right, yeah, he's definitely a little bit of a populist. And he's definitely, he has a little bit of the things that people attribute to Trump that he doesn't actually have. You know, like that's Te right. Tester's a, a tough guy who says what's on his mind and doesn't seem like a politician. Yeah, exactly fact, right, he, he looks like a real a, person. He's a, yeah. very much a politician. Yeah, um, you know who's the luckiest person in America? Stabenow. Yeah. Like, I don't think Debbie Stabenow is a great person. Like even a good politician, she just keeps accidentally winning in Michigan. She must have a. They must. She has a solid. Uh, they have solid. Yeah. Like they know how to get out the vote there in in Michigan. Yeah, I bless their hearts. Anyway, no beef with her. She's just an incredibly standard politician. But uh, so anyway, uh, Ben, we don't have a megaphone. <laughs> so yeah, right. That's and right. so right. since we don't have a megaphone, and all the elections are now nationalized. And and Ryan Grimm made a very well, similar think, point I think, afterwards. I think you overstate that. I really don't. I really don't. So uh, so people who are on Team Republican want to stay on Team Republican, especially when not only Trump but Fox News like riles them up nonstop every day, every day. Like ah, the Democrats you, are coming. I got you, but as you you know how many people watch Fox? I know, but they have outsized influence. I mean, it's I know, like when we you, go to when we go to the Trump rallies, right? They only watch Fox, yeah. and they and they believe everything Fox says, and they believe everything else is all lies. This is a semantic argument because I don't think you think it's entirely nationalized, and I agree that it's way more nationalized than it used to. So continue. Okay, yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, we have another deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So um, and and so he, he Ryan was saying, look, Jess King is in a really interesting. Uh, place and she and, and when you do the polling, they like. Oh, I really like Just King. I actually I like Medicare for all. I like the things that she's talking about. I like higher wages. Uh, Lloyd Smucker. I don't trust him. He's a, a, a standard politician. He, I, I think he's a little corrupt. I don't. I don't like him. Right. The polling indicates that. Yeah. Right. Not Ryan. Like. 
mm-hmm. putting his finger to the wind. And uh, and then, but at the end of the day, she lost because uh, it's a Republican district. Right. So, and that, but also, that just needs to enter into your analysis of the Senate too. I mean, again, the uh, you know, and I was listening on NPR last night as I was driving home, and they were like, "Look, the Republicans were playing a home game, like, and they're great at home." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, well, that's and, a good way of putting it. Um, so, you know, the, it's a little unfair to just count. It, it's definitely unfair to just count the votes accumulated for the Senate, but. Democrats got way more, like I think mm-hmm. more than 10 million more. Granted, every vote in California was for a Democrat, so you can't really, doesn't seem like you should be able to count yeah, Feinstein that's, that's and Delia. That's an interesting right, so take, Okay, so take two million away, just right off the bat there. Mm-hmm. But it still was such a sizable number more. So uh, now I got it, and they we ran a lot of case, races where we dominated in, in uh, uh, blue states. But they won the red states, I mean, which are smaller. So... It is, again, not a reflection necessarily that then we take this, here's where you can't nationalize it. The elections themselves might be nationalized, but the fact is a majority of American people who went to the polls in a huge turnout election did vote for Democrats for the United States Senate. Mm-hmm. In a, and yet Republicans gained seats because of the peculiar way that we have decided to run our government. Yeah, so, uh, but now back to the megaphone and, and, and the difference that it makes. So. What was disappointing to me about the election the most was we should have turned out more than them. We were excited to beat Trump. If any election the Democrats should have had an advantage in voter turnout, it was this one. And it appeared not to materialize because the Republicans are always energized. And But that goes to what I was saying before the election, that, that Trump, you know, in his atrocious, terrible way, et cetera, et cetera. But man, does he energize his base? And, yeah, I don't and, know that and, it's. I don't know that's always true. It's certainly true. It was true here. Yeah, and and he has a giant, giant megaphone. So, and the Democrats have no megaphone. No. And if they had one, they just throw it on the ground and bury it and no, be like, oh, wait. Nancy don't Pelosi just, looking down to read a quote from Ronald Reagan. That's how we use our megaphone. Uh, right. Um, so we, we had a little debate last night when just we were all frustrated, but the, you know Trump who's at 42, 43, 44, somewhere that's way too high, right? And whatever it is, whether it's 42, 43, or 44, it's 43.6 now. I bet it goes up a little bit because mm-hmm. the perception of the midterm will be that he did well, right? And that, mm-hmm. that, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter because 99% of the 42 is into it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Barack, when I, if somebody had called at any point during the Obama presidency and polled me and said, "Do you approve of the job performance of the president?" I would have said yes, not because I approved of the job performance of the president, because I wouldn't have been interested in that number going down because it mm-hmm. hurts the narrative. Then that's yeah. instantly used as a cudgel against him. Um, but I had this conversation today with a bunch of Democrats. With the point was that we were like, "Well, yeah, but we were not ninety-nine percent." Even even when we approved, it was like, yeah, I approved because I personally seems great, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's very smart, and mm-hmm. uh, I do think he means well, uh, and he's getting his ass kicked by the other side. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I totally and so agree. so like that would not have motivated. I will always be motivated, but that just wouldn't. Have motiv- Meanwhile, these guys think he's the Messiah and is the only one telling him the truth about the dangerous caravan. Yeah, and so, but that's kind of literal because it's the white evangelicals that are carrying him. It's unreal how much I'm really looking forward to the exact exit polling that comes out about this election in that regard. And now that I think about it, 
The states that they did really well have a lot of white evangelicals for the Senate races. Man, for you know North Dakota, Missouri, uh, um, uh, Indiana, right, uh, Tennessee. I mean, filled with white evangelicals. And so amazing stat, and also um, from uh, another Ryan Grimm story. Man, Ryan's good. God, he's such he a is, great. You should reporter. get him to work here. Um, Mission accomplished. Uh, <laughs> That's great news. That's great okay. news. So, uh, and he ex explained that if you take out white evangelicals from Donald Trump's vote in 2016, Hillary Clinton actually won white men. Is that right? Yeah, if you take out, now white evangelicals is a huge chunk right, of white you can't, men. Can't right. take them out. You can't take them out, but if you do, if you take, she won white men. That's amazing. I, I, I'm shocked by that. So for non, non evangelicals, right? Even like the core of Trump's base, white men are like, nope, no, nope, I like Hillary Clinton better than I like Donald Trump. So we should, we, you know, the next time that like, you know, right, every time that there's a narrative, oh, the Democrats, they just think they got the black vote sewn up. We'll be like, yeah, you have the white evangelical male vote sewn up. That's right. That's yeah, you, that's and that's a hundred percent right. It's like. Uh, they have all these, and so that's going to get into my point even more. And hashtag sorry, Anna, uh, that it's, but it's the day after the it's election. the day after the metrics, come on. It's an obvious old school exception uh, mm -hmm. to, to not talking too much about politics. So um, the, the uh, conservatives are used to running roughshod over liberals because that on TV, they don't allow strong liberals. So I, you, you're, you know, it might be overstating it. A little, but not by much. Um, I don't know whether it's that they. I, I, again, it's, it's funny. Now, I feel so much clarity now in the way you and I have discourse. Like, it's not that they don't allow strong liberals. As I, it might be, uh, that's part of it. It's also that the very nature of going into that circumstances is a strength zapper. Like, uh -huh. for it is not conducive to that, or at least to that, they don't want it. No, that's exactly yeah, right. One hundred percent agreed. So you just soften the way I say it is That's to right, me. Yeah. But, and but there is something about television itself. I mean, it happens when you try to, you know, when when it's happened to thousand, when Bill Bill Simmons has the great great podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And he had great success with his podcast, the BS Report, right? And if you care about sports and gambling and sort of talking about sports, combining truly thoughtful analysis with the same dumb. Things that interested you when you were thirteen, yeah. like he did it. He perfectly yeah. blended it. He's really smart and really good. And HBO was like, "So we're going to spend a gazillion dollars and we're going to put it on TV," uh -huh. and they ruined it. They ruined uh -huh. the essence of what it was. They, you know, uh, that's why when people like, if we send, and very rarely we have sent clips of this, demos of old school to TV executives, and they're like, no, no, you guys are not wearing the proper things, you're not, there's, you're not having the proper conversations. They're like, this, like, no, this is madness. Right, this, this is not TV, right, this so is they, not even they insist on too many lights. Right. I mean, I don't even like the lights we have here for this. Like, but they want, they put, there were like 15 cameras there for the thing, yeah. and the, the fact is, if you were gonna put the BS report on television, if it was gonna work anywhere, it should have been done out of a basement. Should have been done out of a basement, and he could still wear a baseball cap, and there's like a camera on him, and a, cam and a couple other cameras around, right. and it's dark, and there's some stuff hanging on the walls, and 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 they shave or don't shave, and sometimes their kid shows up, you know. Yeah, but right. but TV cannot help but overproduce. That's right. Yeah. And so when you overproduce, this is a they're man, like, this is a good collabo we got going, Ben. 
Okay, we're about to unveil an excellent theory. Okay, because when you overproduce, you cannot abide by strong opinions from the left. Like it, so the right wing, we've just gotten accustomed to it. And they're like, okay, you are playing that role. Producer is picking basically actors for the play that they're going to unveil that night. Now, you might think that that's an obnoxious way of looking at it, but that is the way that cable news looks at it. And so in that play, strong right wing actors make sense. Strong left wing actors seem reeve gauche. So they seem like, no, it's a, no, no, hey, let's bring it down. Right, they seem, right. Out, they seem out of control. Part of it's just the rightward drift of the country that's sort of saying things that 20 years ago would have seemed like, that guy's nuts. Yeah. You know, he just said he was a white nationalist, and everyone's like, well, what does that really mean? Like, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what that means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he said he's a Nazi. <laughs> right, exactly. What's that, what what does that? that really mean, though? Uh, so you were, okay. but even even short of that, you were just allowed to espouse like Limbaugh, like really extreme, massively out of touch, incompetently run ideas. If those ideas actually became the law of the land, and they worked on it though, they beat they you know they they were out there for twenty years first before those guys started showing up on TV, right? Yeah, totally. And look, guys, think about it this way, right? And this is the kind of partly the debate I had at the National Press Club. So, uh, are there anybody uh, who, anybody on TV from Occupy, from the Occupy movement? No, those guys. And the are- answer is an obvious no. no. Like, like why? No, we wouldn't. They would think a producer would think, well, I'm not going to put a bum on TV. Right, because that's their group thing. They think, oh, if you're on the left and you don't like the system, you're a bum. Right, right? but nobody from the Tea Party got on either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but okay. they couldn't wait to put people from the Tea Party. Of course, they of course. Yeah. Sean Hannity promoted, again, Glenn Beck promoted Tea Party rallies nightly on Fox News, right? So if I went on MSNBC and I was like, okay, the next Occupy Party is, you know, movement is happening here. We're going to go to McPherson Park in Washington, D.C., and we're going to occupy the park and make sure that, you know, resist the police. They'd be like, no, out of the building. Get him out of the building. Get him out of the building. I mean, I did a lot less, and they escorted me out of the building, right? So, so that's an uneven playing field. And, and so in that situation, um, we got nobody fighting for us. And so you, one side energizes their base, the other side cannot. It's just, they're like, their leaders are terrible. They, they're, the TV's rigged against them. And so, and by the way, I know what's gonna happen, and I might help make it happen, but I, I know how this movie ends. This movie ends with the left exploding. And, and what I mean by that is not violence, I don't mean physical. I mean like somebody's gonna rise up on the left who's gonna say this. She's got earmuffs on. Okay. <laughs> Can we take a wide shot just for a sec? Did you hear that? What? Did you hear what we just said? No. All right. Thank you. Hey, all right. Mission accomplished. <laughs> By the way, I got a little nervous there. <laughs> so uh, that's so cute. All right. God bless. Um, so, no, and somebody's going to say, to hell with this. Yeah. And they're going to come out uh, on fire and they're going to change the dynamic. And so, and by the way, I think I might have found the guy. And so, it's my new favorite dude. And yeah, he lost last night. Okay. You, you think know. Richard Ojeda is going to hold? So, mm-hmm. so tomorrow I'm going to do a segment on this. Uh, Gina just sent me, you know, I don't know if you know this. So, uh, Emma Viglin was going to go to cover Beto O'Rourke, mm-hmm. right? 
so she's our main reporter on the ground. And, and Eric Byler, who's our main cameraman editor in, on the East Coast, was going to go cover Ben Jealous because we're you know, very progressive, just Democrat, etc. And then uh, Emma got violently ill, and so she couldn't make it. It happens, right? And uh, you know, I was going to say she's okay now, except I don't know. Uh, sorry, uh, she is, right? Okay, good. Oh, thanks, God. <laughs> um, Next time that this situation presents itself, just go with. Sick. She got sick. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I think she would prefer it. I think everybody would prefer <laughs> it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Emma's in New York and not in the building. So anyway, uh, so uh, we're like, and oh, and she was going to go cover Beto, but we we like reach out to Beto's campaign, and they're like, yeah, whatevs. Like a lot of people are covering us, okay? And it was like that kind of mm-hmm. attitude. And I was like, nah, I, the dude does not abide by that. Okay, so if you're interested in us giving you coverage, we're super happy to do it. We love helping progressives, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're not interested in the coverage and you got others, and he did better, did he? he had a million people there? He doesn't need us. So I was like, no, forget it. We're not going to Beto. Uh, we're going to Ojeda, right? But since Emma was sick, we're like, what do we do? And I was like, no, pull pull Byler from uh, uh, Jealous, send him to West Virginia. We got to cover Ojeda, okay? Now, we're the only people in the country, and we were, of course, the only press there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we got to cover Ojeda. And God damn it, we were right. He gives a fiery his concession speech. Okay, he comes out and he says, "He's like, how long? How much you lose by?" I think he lost by thirteen too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a forty-nine district plus forty-nine for uh, Trump. He lost by thirteen, so you 30. could argue he made up thirty-six points. Yeah, right. Okay, so if Trump had gone to campaign against him, but look at how much they were afraid of him, and they sent Trump to campaign against Ojeda. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Okay. And he called him a, a wacko and all this stuff. So Ojeda, instead of giving a concession speech, comes up and goes, uh, I, I want to address this to Donald Trump. I'm like, fuck, mm. damn it, I love this guy. <laughs> okay. And he says, um, uh, and he came down here and he supported this person who's corrupt. I don't, I don't remember all of it, obviously. But anyway, and then he, he calls me a wacko, and then he can't even say my name right. My name is Richard Ojeda. <laughs> And then, like the the room, both gets like quiet and electric at the same time, right? And then he did something I didn't expect. He repeated it. Like, My name is Richard Ojeda. My name is Richard Ojeda. And I was like, Oh God damn it, man! This guy's awesome. And and then he ends it with, Sappers lead the way, Air Force all the way. And I was like, No, that's it. This is the guy. This is the guy. Okay, mm-hmm. so. I'm taking him to Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I'm taking him somewhere, man. I don't know. Like I don't like I think I know the national scene better than I'm I'm positive I know it better than he does. And he's got that thing. It's a thing. It's it's real, right? Like if Bernie wasn't running, I would go headlock Richard Ojeda and Nina Turner immediately and go, "Guys, it's go time." Well, I tell, thing, but, but mask you, over your head, get in the van, old school style. It's go time. Well, I tell you what, though, because let's let's think a little more realistically. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm, Shelley Moore Capito, mm-hmm. 2020. Like, oh, that's a no brainer. I mean, well, let's run for Senate. Let's win that seat. No, no, Capito, you're you're, you're Caputo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're Caputo. Look, look. Here's what happened to you. You just don't know it. <laughs> That's the that's the exploding heart trick. Two, two years later, 
your career, political career is over. Because I mean, if first of all, they won't run anybody meaningful against her, and if they do, it'll be the uh, one Democratic member of the Charleston Chamber of Commerce, right? You know? <laughs> no, it won't. Right. And the guy who uh, will run against her. His name is Richard Ojeda. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't look, president's crazy talking, yeah, blah, blah, blah. but there's gonna be a guy like Ojeda. Right, but that kind of, right. like, I, I had this discussion today with our friend, with our friend Charlie, and today, like, like, I got it, Joe Manchin, it's not super clear. John Tester hung on and won, mm -hmm. and Joe Manchin won, right? But both of those guys, Tester more than Manchin, but they have personality. Right, mm -hmm. they they, they have they have a thing. Manchin yeah. does. Manchin frustrates us, but he is a he he is not dissimilar from the thing you want in general attitudinally. Yeah, that's right. He <laughs> has a little bit of force of character. That's right. And so, like I am, I don't believe it will work, and so I don't think there's any point in it. But the Evan Byes and the Joe Donnellys of the world, guys who had significant leads, certainly Evan By had a huge lead before 2016, and Donnelly had a lead and was a seven and eight favorite to win, uh, 538 thought based on the dynamics of the race, and he got swamped. And Phil Bredesen, they're not all the same, but they end up being these sort of, they are Republican light, they are, to use completely co-opt your language, they are as typical a politician as there is. What struck me most about Joe Donnelly's horrendous final ad, which would have been a very effective ad for a Republican running for Senate in 1992, really, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Would have been a solid yeah. ad, invoked Reagan, showed a little bit of willingness to understanding the common man on healthcare, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But basically supports the cops, wants to keep foreigners out of the country, and loves mm -hmm. Reagan, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And hates socialists, right? Yeah, and, and notice what Ben said. Would have been a good ad for a Republican. A Republican in, in, 1992. in the 1990s. Now it would have been insufficient for a Republican, but it was not yeah. an ad for any kind of Democrat ever. Um, that those guys just, they, they, but what struck me about him was his, even his clothes. Like, you know, I make fun of the hair too much, but there's, because there's a, it's the thing you talk about. It's the stand. He, I am very confident Joe Donnelly owned none of the things that we saw. Like mm -hmm. that leather jacket and that shirt were picked because they thought it made him look like an everyman, and all of it screamed from his hair to his words. Everything screamed, I am a untrustworthy politician. So there's this uh, uh, fairly unacceptable song in Turkey that got popular about a decade ago. Uh, and it says, what happened to the old uh, fire uh, stone oven man, okay? What happened to that old stone oven man? You've become a one calorie Diet Coke man, right. okay? <laughs> and so the other parts of the song are so unacceptable, I don't know what we're talking about, them, right? Okay, but uh, but that's that's what uh, Donnelly and those guys are. They're one calorie Diet Coke guys, okay? They're fake, they're artificial, they're soft. Like, man, I would, if, I'd love to run against a Donnelly. If somebody said, okay, all right, Cenk, you're gonna enter your political career, pick an opponent, like Joe Donnelly. Mm -hmm. Okay, Joe Donnelly, there's no way that guy wins. So, and I by would, the way, if you don't know, like if you're thinking, but wait a minute, guys, that's not fair, he's a senator, he must have won at some point. Yeah, he did, he got lucky, he got handed that seat because the Republican running against him last time it was a suicide bomber, he self-imploded, he came in. I forget, he wasn't Aiken, it was the other guy, and he right, did some right. sort of rape thing too. And he's like, ah, what's the big deal about rape? Boom! <laughs> so, so Donnelly was handed the seat, and so, yeah. So why not? You know, and I say this from the you know I'm the sellout uh, middle of the road establishment Democrat, <laughs> right? We all know that. Um, 
Like, let's go through two cycles where we lose with Richard Ojeda. Yes. You know? But and, we will not. Okay, right, That's obviously. Right. So what's the worst case scenario? That's right. right. What's the worst case scenario? You're going to lose Indiana? You risk nothing. I got news for you. Right. Shelly right. Ann Capito is a 99% chance to get reelected in 2020. Yeah. Right? Like, mm -hmm. that's the convention. So, After this old school episode, it dropped to 42%. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, let's go get her. Let's go get her. Talk tough. I got it. He's not, he doesn't even agree with us on everything. Close to it, right? Yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but he will fight. And I would, and yeah. there's a guy like that. Oh, some, by the way, I'm and there's sorry, a guy that like that the somewhere in Indiana too, who can yeah, run in in, in right. 2022. So that's that's the line I forgot before he got to the I am Richard Ojeda stuff. He said instead of doing a concession speech, he said, uh, "I got news for you, I'm not done fighting." I was mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, there you go." That's I don't know if you guys know this. His name is Richard Ojeda. Also, you know, <laughs> okay. he's not he's in the West Virginia State Senate, right? Yeah, like he's not. Yeah, he's a like yeah, he's a politician. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, he's, been he's, he's a political office. figure. Yeah, right. it's not like he does not get elected, right? And so, all right. Uh, so, but bottom line is, uh, this is the pressure is building on the left, and and we have no voice, and we have been systematically shut out uh, unwittingly. Like the mainstream press, they have no idea. When I gave that speech to the National Press Club, they were like, "What? What? 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 Like you think we're biased against the left?" Like they never heard that in their lives. And you know, look, I talked to some politicians, they've never heard any of the things that we've said in their lives. And so like Washington has never like, and so it's not just Washington, just to finish the thought and then we'll do a couple minutes of some, some time of non-political stuff. So, um, so that guy in Ohio, to come all the way back around to that, um, he doesn't know what Sherrod Brown's positions are that much. He doesn't know what Mike DeWine's positions are that much, he just, he just, has heard of Sherrod Brown, he's heard of Mike DeWine, he, he, and, and, and they reached him. They reached him through paid media, they reached him through free media, they reached him, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of reaching them. It's not like uh, Mike DeWine and Richard Cordray sat in everybody's living room, had an exhaustive conversation and debate, and at the end, uh, the people of Ohio stood up from their kitchen table and said, Mike DeWine. No, Richard Cordray never made it into uh, a lot of people's kitchens. And, and by the way, DeWine didn't either, right? And so they reached some people, they didn't reach other people. It's about how you reach but them. DeWine, way more famous in Ohio by a yeah. factor of 20, probably. I mean, he'd yeah. been a senator and yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and hold on, we're about to send off the, my good friends on the podcast. So here's what you're going to miss. Um, what is the difference between, how you doing, brother? And good to see you, brother Ben. No, the worlds. I look forward to that. Look forward to that conversation. Okay, so if you want to get the whole show, tyt.com/slash/join normally, or in this case, tyt.com/slash/ben, that gets you membership either way for the kids. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a tyt member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com/slash/join.